Welcome back to the Baby Mamas podcast, episode number two. And we're going to say welcome back because we know you've listened to the first one and you're big, huge fans of us now, hopefully. Yeah, at least 88 of you. I know, so many listens. Thanks, everyone. Very, very exciting. And for liking the Facebook page and just checking it out, we're pretty excited about this and we need people to listen to keep doing it, so. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not true. We'll probably do it anyway. <laughs> It'll be the most unlistened to podcast ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like comments welcome we'd love to hear your feedback because we're still new at this and we're still learning and hopefully we're going to get a lot better over time um i'm working on not talking over Ange. it's <laughs> basically an ongoing issue in our entire relationship but even more so now because it's kind of annoying so sorry about that yeah so what we wanted to talk about today we had a pretty exciting day in mm-hmm. terms of mm-hmm. fertility and making babies mm-hmm. um i surged and we went and got an iui Oh, you make it sound so simple. Oh, I surged. We know this for sure, 100%. And then we went without any debate. (laughs) Yeah. But we're first going to talk about how we picked our sperm donor. So Mm -hmm. the sperm that's like wiggling around inside my probably, I don't know, fallopian tubes by now. Hopefully inside an egg. Talk about the the man that it came from and how we decided on that man. I still think of him as a boy, which is sort of creepy. (laughs) But you know what I mean, right? Because he's pretty young. Yeah. Just good. You want that young, virile sperm. Yeah. So the way that it sort of worked is like you pick a sperm don't or you pick a clinic first of all and there's so many places to pick from. Mm-hmm. This is one of the things that I found really overwhelming was that suddenly yeah. when it was like okay go pick a sperm donor, I thought that we'd go to like one bank and they would be like, "Oh, pay $60 and you can look at all the profiles." But no. Each different one has a different cost and they give you different things and you have to try and figure out what is the best option monetarily and then what is the best option in terms of like logistics like there's levels it's weird it's like Scientology you have to pay for like each level sort of like okay if you just want their like their name and their medical history or not even their name I think it's just their medical history it's like 60 something and then if you want pictures and like an essay it's like a hundred something and then if you want more than that then it's like 190 like it's really I was shocked at how expensive it was given that you're already going to pay for the sperm, clearly. Like, nobody's just, like, hanging out watching or, like, looking through these profiles for no reason. And, like, obviously there's privacy issues, but it, like, a flat rate of, like, I don't know, 50 bucks seems reasonable, but it was very expensive. So we were lucky enough. Yeah, it was, um, mm, I think upwards, You some of them were $200. And that was for, like, three months of looking at profiles. Like, just to look, just to, like, shop basically which really pissed me off I was really upset by that so we kind of decided we were like no we're not gonna pay for that so there is one uh sperm bank if you're Mm -hmm. in I don't know if it works other places but in BC where if you set up an email address and sign up with a new account for them they'll give you access for 24 hours you can get all of the information all of the pictures everything 
Um, but then if you want to do it more than 24 hours, you have to set up another fake email address. So we ended up doing that twice. Don't tell them that. They're going to come <laughs> ask for money. But yeah, so we had to just like hunker down and be like, we need to figure this out in 24 hours. That's what we have. We need to do this right now. And we actually went through and we wanted someone that looks like Jackie. Initially, we thought that was the right choice. And then we were like, no, we should have somebody that looks like both of us. Yeah. Because ideally, we'd like to use the same donor for both. I mean, I, the plan is that Andrew will carry now. And in a year or two, I will also carry a child. And we'd like them to have the same donor. Yeah. And I it made nice for the kids. Yeah. And it made more sense to choose somebody that looks kind of like they could already be our kid. If that's like, I don't know if that's weird, but just so that like maybe physical representation was sort of had on both sides. Yeah. But initially when we first started this, um, we found a sperm donor who to me looked like he was a member of Jackie's family. Mm -hmm. And I got super excited. I was like, this is the one he looks like he can be, um, your brother or your cousin or something like Mm -hmm. similar eyes and sort of like face head shape situation. Um, and we were just like, done and I think it was late because we'd been doing it for a while and probably had some wine Mm -hmm. and we're just like okay perfect we've picked our sperm donor and then I sent the essay which I took many screenshots of so that I would have it in the future uh to my friend and I was like we picked our sperm donor and she was like um did you not notice that he has breast cancer on his (laughs) mom's side and my mom has breast cancer so we're like oh well and the issue it's not like I mean when you start looking through these profiles, you start seeing, like, everybody, and you probably just know that from being alive, that everybody has breast cancer or cancer of some sort in their family, but um, Angie's mom had breast cancer before the age of 65, as did one of the members of this donor's family, and that's a higher risk, and we already had, we, I mean, we already have a high risk now, so... I got really frustrated because I was like, well, we already have a risk. So is it compounding the risk or is it just the same? And how do you know? And then we kind of just got really frustrated and we're like, you know what? Maybe we just shouldn't even bother. We started talking about what's the the added responsibility that we have. Because if we were just having children and Jackie had breast cancer on her side, I wouldn't not have children with her. Mm-hmm. But because we get to choose, there's an added responsibility of making sure that the donor is healthy and that you're not setting your kid up for disease later in their life yeah. as as far as you can help it. Well, especially after like going through the breast cancer with her mom both times. She's had it twice in the same breast. Um, it's just, it's, it's horrible. So you like to knowingly kind of set your kid up for potentially having this is, it's kind of a weird thing to have the power, but we really had to kind of game out like what was the most important thing and like how... Yeah, just like how responsible we felt for it. So we just kind of decided maybe we shouldn't choose him because we already have a risk. Yeah. And I was, and that was, I got pretty bummed out about that actually. Because I was already Mm -hmm. like imagining him in my child and being like, oh, this is perfect. Like it comes out, it's going to have like Jackie's eyes maybe. And that's really cool. And that's like a weird, it's kind of like a weird thing. I mean, I'm sure all you lesbos out there or like two women female couples that are trying to procreate like we are it's a hard thing to kind of have to accept that you can't have a baby with your partner like you can't have them look like both of you so like it's not the most important thing because the most important thing is just to have a family and we really want that but 
when you have the choice, you kind of are like, but I really wish, like, I want, I would, I could die to see a kid that looked partially like her and partially like me. And, like, I could almost cry just talking about it because I think it would be so amazing, but it's not on the table. So you have to kind of find a way of getting that if that's important to you. Um, Through someone else. Yeah, and it's a really weird thing to look through a bunch of pictures of some strangers being like, does he look like me? Does that guy look like me? Maybe that guy's eyes look like mine, but his his, his nose isn't mine. Like, it's a, and it, and it's sort of like, does it even matter? Because you don't know what's... What the gene pool's going to come out as anyway. Yeah. Like, it could come out looking like my twin. Yeah, it could. <laughs> and I would totally be fine with that, but it's just it's like that whole the whole process is like so steeped in this like weird thing where you have so much control that you can easily get too involved in trying to make the right perfect choices when it's like no just find somebody who has like decent health history and looks kind of like what you want and just go for it like yeah. stop getting so obsessive about it and that it got a little challenging and especially because we had given ourselves ourselves this time limit because we didn't want to spend the extra two hundred dollars which in the grand scheme of things doesn't seem like a lot but you know it's it adds up so Um, we ended up um having to after this i think it was after this go through a counseling session which i think is total shit no it wasn't it was before okay well we had to go through a counseling Mm -hmm. session before we could um it was a what did they call it legally it's like a le- like the laws in Canada dictate that you see a counselor if you're trying to conceive through a fertility clinic. Doesn't matter if you're gay, straight, or whatever, but it kind of pissed me off because I was using like, donor sperm. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I was just like, you know, this pisses me off. I have so many friends who have procreated in multiple ways, and they didn't have to why am I subjected to this? It's like somebody needs to police me or needs to tell me that like, oh yeah, I'm okay. When I know lots of people that have had yeah. kids who probably should have had a counseling session it before they like did they it. It seems like they really wanted to make sure that our like intentions were good or something. Like we weren't having a kid, I don't even know what. I don't know, like creating our own army or something? Like I don't know what they're worried about. I don't know. And the woman, when we saw her, was kind of like, so you're here obviously because you're two women. Yeah. And she gave us some advice about trying to find a donor. She brought up like a couple of like legitimate questions, but they're questions that we would have talked about anyway. Ta- yeah. Like, 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 what are you going to say about or say to your child about how they came about? And we're like, we're just going to tell them that we're their moms and that they had somebody else as like a biological father and that that's just, or not father, but like sperm daddy. Yeah. Sperm daddy is <laughs> the term we've settled on and. And just always have that be a part of their story because we know people who have had kind of interesting parental situations and that's been sort of better for those people to always just know that because there's never a moment of like trauma where you're like, oh my God, I just found out this big like bombshell about who I am and where I come from. So we already kind of knew that. But the the one thing that did come up, I I think she asked us if we were going to use the same donor for both and we were like oh it doesn't matter or I thought at that point it didn't matter and then Andrew was like no it does and we were like oh hmm, okay well we clearly need to talk about that but so that was an interesting thing just in terms of being being gay and Mm -hmm. using a donor and just having to go through that weird hoop feeling marginalized a little bit feeling kind of and it cost us money too it wasn't just like oh yeah go to this thing it was go to this thing and then pay for it yeah. But you have thing- to do it. You don't have an option. Yeah. And 
some of the other stuff she, like we talked about was like what kind of family support we have and I, I kind of just wanted to be like fuck you <laughs> like <laughs> why do you, why does it matter if we had no support does that mean we aren't allowed yeah because I mean I, I we're lucky enough to have a lot of support around us not all family but, but some people don't and they still deserve to have children yeah so there's it's it, this has brought up a lot of privilege and um just issues that we never really like you don't really think about if you're not dealing with it straight privilege is that what you could call it straight fertile privilege straight fertile privilege (laughs) but also like um financial privilege because if you can't afford all these extra things like i could see like we don't make a ton of money but we make enough and we're struggling like trust me we're struggling with this um but it's important enough that we're making sacrifices like we don't go out to eat ever anymore. We, we just don't eat. We've stopped eating <laughs> entirely. Wasting away. But like we've been on a strict financial budget because this is a priority, but a lot of people don't make enough to come up with the extra or or could maybe come up with enough just to get the the sperm and the treatment, but couldn't afford all the extra things like the counseling and like all these things that are kind of necessary because of the law, but not necessary because of yeah you know logic (laughs) i was actually i sort of put on facebook or not on facebook on reddit um i wanted to hear about some people's stories and one person wrote to me and they were talking about um being financially infertile which i thought was a really good term Mm. because basically what happened with her and her partner is that they did many iuis they had a miscarriage um and they just couldn't afford it anymore they don't have a huge amount of money and um yeah, it's it's just really it Heart, can be heartbreaking. Really heartbreaking for for women, for lesbians to try and have children because well, for, it's so expensive. Oh, not just for lesbians. I mean, there's so many yeah. like interrelated issues or like just intersecting kind of um, things that come into play here. Like there's the fact that women don't make as much as men. So when you have two women together, they have less financial power. Um, But also, two men trying to have a baby is way more expensive. Yeah, they need to find a whole other person to be involved. They have to pay us a a surrogate if they can't get somebody to donate, and they have to buy eggs. and Like, it's way more expensive. But it's also that, in a lot of cases, I think that they charge more than they need to. It's a cash grab, and it's like, because we're kind of a... I don't want to use the word desperate because we're not desperate, but we don't have any other options in a lot of cases. We can't just, I mean, people always joke like, oh, just like go seduce some straight guy. I'm like, no, that's not, I, that's not, that's not <laughs> how realistic. we want to do it. A, that's gross. B, like STDs. Manipulative. C, I would never want to do that to a person, force them into having a child. That's really messed yeah, and up. And then he would probably have the ability to have rights and that's not what we want. Exactly. So there's so many issues that come into play and it's like, part like part of me is like I know there's overpopulation and there's always issues that I should be considering and adoption is always a thing but it's actually not really attainable for a lot of people because it is insanely costly if you're not willing to, to take I, on a really high needs child which we've we've which, talked about yeah. and and I mean Ange works with youth we'll just say that yeah and doesn't feel like she wants to come home to the same issues she works with at work which I don't I've also like I had a crazy upbringing and Mm -hmm. I have a lot of family that are really dependent on me and I just feel like I want and this is totally idealistic and (laughs) totally like I shouldn't even say this I'm gonna eat my words but I just want my kid to be easy or at least to like not come with any 
issues from the start yeah. because and they might anyway and we could end up with a kid with totally autism and that something will, we'll have to happen, deal with but yeah. but at least it's not a known thing yeah. so there's that and then there's like I, I don't know it's just it's like brought up a lot of stuff which I find very interesting and very kind of frustrating at the same time where it's like you have people who just want a family and there's nothing wrong with that and there's nothing different about what we want versus what a straight couple would want to want a family is not wrong but it seems like there's sort of inherent bias in wanting it and not wanting to have to pay tens of thousands of dollars for it because a lot of people do and it's yeah and I, I, I acknowledging this as like straight people who are fertile not every person that's straight has like no issues there's a lot of straight people who have a ton of fertility issues and spend tons of money to have children but but again it shouldn't cost that much like it doesn't it doesn't need to to. like 849 dollars for a vial of sperm seems extraordinarily expensive yeah and i understand that they have to do processing and things but you know a, a a hundred dollar handling fee just to receive the sperm at the clinic when they're already charging us for storage and they're charging us for the procedure of IUI just seems like a lot it doesn't seem like it's necessary it seems like it's it or 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 charging us just to look at profiles like it it's there's a lot of cash grabs yeah and then it's even when you get onto the profiles then they're like oh for an extra added bonus another 29.99 you can hear his voice and it's like jesus fuck what is this some sort of like ponzi scheme Mm. situation where you get in and each level is more and more it's (laughs) yeah if you want to make money go start like a fertility clinic i swear yeah i'm telling my friends now i'm like you are so lucky you have like golden sperm sitting in your house anyway so we get back on the the site and we're like all right we got 24 hours we got to pick another one and i think what we thought was important was like we said looks i wanted someone who seemed intelligent <laughs> yeah intelligence is really important to yeah. us and somebody who's like learned is is a plus yeah someone who was active and seemed to have like a full life creative creativity was big because Ange is a musician and i am creative in other ways <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm i'm also a musician sort of and a dancer a and me i not I don't whatever anyway creativity was important mm-hmm. um so was the health history because yeah Ange has a lot of risks in her health history her mom has had a lot of well there's the breast cancer there's addiction basically everywhere in her family there's mental health issues my entire side of my mom's my entire mom's side of the family has had cancer yeah like every there's her in her mom's family there are four children every single one of them has had cancer yeah. there's only two still alive and one of them is dying of cancer right now and Angie's mom somehow isn't but it's it's a huge thing right and I of course I mean like everybody I also have cancer on my side of the family um, diabetes is a big risk on my side I mean it's not an, an issue right now but we do have to think ahead because if we're going to use the same donor so we really wanted to kind of cover our bases and I also really wanted somebody kind of tall because I'm <laughs> super short. <laughs> Jackie's a little one. I'm five foot one and a quarter. Five um, feet. Five foot one and a quarter. <laughs> but we want, you know, we just like, if you have that choice, like give your kid the best chance at being healthy and happy. And that's where yeah. our kind of mind was. And so we found, we, we narrowed it down, down yeah. to four guys and one what did we call him like the carpenter because he was mm-hmm. he was he was this young guy and he had curly hair like Jackie and he he was 
talking very, all very about handsome. like he loved going to music festivals and he really liked like creating things i think he said he was a musician and a carpenter and a woodworker like he did all this like really cool stuff and, and, and he was an engineer actually yeah he seemed very he seemed like he would go to shambhala every year that's what i imagined <laughs> yeah and he would like wear a sarong but be yeah. very straight <laughs> yeah maybe a top knot yeah. yeah and then we found um another guy who we called the beaver guy because mm-hmm. he kind of looked like justin beaver well his hair was yeah his he hair was a little hair. beavery um super cute young adorable like a law student mm-hmm. um he kind of his description of himself sort of reminded me of my brother he was very kind of logical but also seemed very like interesting and um active and really like kind of a go-getter like would want to like just explore the world see what he can do that kind of thing and that appealed to me a lot because i think my brother's the best <laughs> um so anybody that kind of reminded me of him was pretty great we had another guy who seemed really sweet as well who really liked fishing and his mom had died at a young age um but it seemed like his family was really tight-knit maybe yeah. because of that and wasn't he with the one with like every single grandparent that had died had been of old age yeah. which we were like is that even a thing <laughs> like how does a person get that healthy like on both sides every single grandparent old age we were like wow that's amazing yeah um but there was some other stuff that didn't really work for us. Yeah, and then there was another guy that I don't really remember. The one we chose. No, we already talked about him. He's the Bieber guy. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I forget what... But we kind of awarded points based on mm-hmm. things, so it would be like... We came up with a system, a pro-con, like, very extensive system where yeah. you'd get points for things like um, being creative or having brown hair or having a feature that looked like my family or a feature that looked like Angie's family or um your education or like all sorts of things and then we just kind of tallied up the points and saw who had the most to kind of see who was the front runner yeah and I think we got it down to two and we went based on our gut yeah which was this guy who apparently likes to be called Grant yeah in donor essays they say hi I like to be called Grant so maybe not his real name probably not or maybe his middle maybe. name or... Yeah, something. Maybe it's his actual name and they just say it like that so you don't think it's his name and try and look him up because that'd be weird. Yeah. <laughs> so he's donor number something. Five. So- I'm not going to tell you because I don't want you to all go after his sperm because we need some for later. So you don't get to know. Um, yeah, and he's he's cute. He looks... His older pictures, his adult pictures, because you got... He put a whole ton of pictures on there mm-hmm. from when he was a baby right up until, I oh think, God, recently. Cutest little boy. Just... Dimples. These This big smile. He was kind of freckled. He has brown hair. So he really does kind of look... Brown eyes. Brown eyes, yeah. He looks like he could be our kid. Yeah. Which is kind of a weird thing to say, but... Um, and he wrote his essay to his future kid, which I thought was really sweet because, I mean... You can't read a ton into the essays because it's they're 20-something, you know? They're young guys, and most of them are in university, and they're mostly doing it for money, and that's totally acceptable. I think that's fine. Um, but it was really sweet, and it seemed very genuine, and he was sort of like, hey, Yeah, like- so listen to this. Oh, His essay, I pulled it up. Okay. It says, here's a quote. Even when, it, even when they seem like the uncool parents, listen to them and trust them. They're no, they know what they're talking about. Finally, no matter how cliche it sounds, don't give up on your dreams. I know. It like really <laughs> like gave us like a single tear kind of moment where it was like, oh, And I, like we imagined kind of showing our kids like 
this is where you came from. Excuse me, because we came to the decision that we should have uh, an open donor. Oh, yeah, that was another really important. Yeah, because, I mean, initially we didn't want to go anonymous, but as we spoke about last time, it worked better for us just given sort of what we've dealt with. Um, But we really think it's important for our kids to be able to contact this person at some point when they're older. Yeah, or even just know who they are and see like a picture, Mm -hmm. talk to them or whatever. Mm Because I'm really interested. I've been cut off from a significant portion of my family and I'm always like really interested Mm -hmm. in them and just being like, oh, I wonder if I'm like this person or that person or like what my grandparents are really like. So I I think like it's important for kids to be able to access that information because it kind of makes you feel disconnected Mm. when you don't know and you're kind of left hanging and if we can give that to the kid the best way we can which is through an open donor then why not yeah so we finally came down to it and we're like okay this is the guy and we're gonna go with him and we then it was like oh god what if he's not available what if he's not donating anymore because the information on the website is not updated daily so we're like you know sometimes you we would come across a guy and be like oh he seems great and then oh he's not donating anymore so that's not a good choice because there's only like x amount of samples left and that's it so we went with somebody that thankfully found out that was still donating and had quite a lot of uh, samples still available i think he was really new i think he hadn't gotten scooped up yet which mm-hmm. makes me kind of concerned that if these two because we bought two vials from him because that's all we could afford mm-hmm. if they go through we're gonna have to find a new donor well i mean because i bet he sold out he's so good looking he looks like a helmsworth brother hemsworth you keep saying helmsworth or maybe it's helmsworth i don't know i think she's wrong he totally doesn't he's not big and bulky and like no but his australian face. looking i don't see it anyway doesn't matter but um, our approach at this point is just, this is what we have. We're going to go with what we have. And fingers crossed, we don't have to buy any more until I'm ready. Or maybe we'll buy some to make sure that we have some when I'm ready. But we're just going to have to deal with it. And now it's inside me. $845 worth of sperm. Four million sperm. Which I Googled. Apparently that's not a lot. Yeah, they said that they, it, they, they wanted th- between three and five. That's like that's what the nurse said. Yeah, today. but I was just googling it, which I shouldn't do because fuck, you guys probably know this. You get into like a Google hole, and you're like, I'm never getting pregnant. I'm actually probably already infertile, and I'm killing off all the sperm that are in my body. Yeah, a lot of this process has been me talking her back into thinking that it's possible. Because I looked it up, and then some people were on different forums and mm-hmm. saying things like, "Oh, my uh, sperm only had three million and." The clinic refused to do it because they won't do it if you have any less than 10 million. 10 million? Yeah. Well, that would be terrifying to know after you bought it because it's not exactly refundable. Yeah. Well, the clinic guarantees, she said, the clinic guarantees between three and seven. So anything above and beyond is great. Okay. But if three's the lowest, four's not that much. Which you think from a 20 year old man, like, where's your sperm going? She said it only takes one. I know it only takes one. One in four million seems like a pretty good chance to me. Yes, it does. And all this time, it seems it's totally not based on any kind of logic or anything real. But I keep thinking, we've had a lot of challenges. So I feel like we should get pregnant right away because we deserve it. (laughs) That would be nice. So this morning was a bit of a shit show with my emotional state because I just can't handle trying to trust myself and also staring at those fucking lines the ovulation strips i hate more than anything if anybody (laughs) can come up with one that is like 
Locked down, 100%. This is the answer. No guessing required. I will pay you lots of... I don't have a lot of money, but I will try. <laughs> or I, We can yeah. patent it together and <laughs> yeah. become rich and famous. Because basically... The I, margin for error makes me nuts. The problem with ovulation tests is that it's testing something that's always in your system. So it's looking for more of that thing. And it's LH, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's looking for a surge of LH, luteinizing hormone. Some people, the tests are very, very, very subtle. I mean, yeah. you you look at a line and it says, is it as dark or darker than this line? So you, when you're first testing, you're like, I don't know, is this dark enough? Is this dark enough? So you do it every day and you obsess and you pour over it and you like Google it. And then you see all these crazy people online who are like doing all these weird things to try and like you were looking at stuff where people were like doing like photoshop and like that's usually to try and figure out if you're pregnant because you can get a faint line but people will try and see a faint line before the line's there yeah so then they photoshop it to try and like pull out the the light or whatever but so this morning i got a fairly dark test and no no no. last night well this is the other thing we have a digital test which is way more expensive to use um don't buy what was the one that we bought that says like after you get a positive it will never work again it breaks itself yeah it basically yeah because it's like oh you're you're ovulating now you never need to ovulate ever again (laughs) so it's because they want you to buy a whole new set set. another reusing it another cash grab there's it's too many of them but so um last night she used it anyway she's on clomid so they don't recommend you using a digital test because it can give you false positives because of the hormones on board so she used it anyway because she's crazy i love you and got a positive last night and i was like oh my god i'm ovulating but then the other tests didn't exactly confirm it so then she's been like obsessively testing every single pee they tell you not to i guarantee you every woman going through this does (laughs) um and got a much darker line this morning but it was still sort of like it was like part like the outline like the one side of the line was as dark and the rest of it was lighter what the hell are you supposed to make of that it looks like that it was as dark as any line as Angie's ever had and so we we're like well the chances are that you're surging at some point like either maybe not right now but today but today was also the pride parade yeah so we, <laughs> so had, we had all plans very busy day planned then we had to decide like okay should we just call it because you have to call the clinic before eight to book in for an appointment to go get your IUI. So then it's like, okay, should we go? Because if it doesn't happen today, what if we can't test all day and we don't and we miss it? That would be worse than not doing it at all. So then we thought, well, okay, we'll we'll make an appointment. And I was hoping for a later appointment. Of course, it was 1045, whatever. Um, went in and did it. And we we're just like, okay, well, if we do it, even if you surge later in the day, you'll still have the sperm on board. It lives in your body for five days. Well, then I read on the internet. No, you I stop did. it. I read that washed sperm doesn't live in you as long. What? It lives 24 to 72 hours. I hate this process. I don't know. Stop Googling things. Like, I really think the internet can be your best source of information and your worst enemy at the same time. It's yeah. so overwhelming. The amount of information out there. And I can't there. stop myself from Googling I know. Shit. You have no self-control. I think I've Googled... IUI success probably about a hundred times and then read all the same shit that I've already read before. over and over and over again yeah and then try and google it in a different way to get different answers and then I just look up really bizarre shit but 
because it was early, we kind of recorded a play-by-play with mm-hmm. Jackie's phone, so mm-hmm. we'll play that for you now to see how we are feeling in the moment. Um, it's a little clip from right after I took the tests, and then a clip from when we were on the way to the clinic, and then a clip from during during the IUI, so you can sort of get a sense of how we were feeling and what was happening. And if this turns out to actually take and we get pregnant off of this, you will all get to hear <laughs> the moment that our baby is conceived and I feel like that's insanely hopeful of me and I'm trying not to get my hopes up but it's really 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 hard yeah I can't I hope this sounds okay but here you go so I think we just got a positive ovulation or I did not we um now this is so stressful I hate it being up to my up to my judgment yeah my judgment whether or not i'm ovulating because those tests the line tests make me crazy i mean i don't even know anymore it's so stressful because i feel like if i fuck this up it's 1250 dollars writing on it yeah and they everywhere everywhere says for for iui to be successful timing is the most important thing and then that's totally up to me you just want somebody else to be like yes this is happening we know this we're in charge of your fertility. Yeah, I want them to, like, do a blood test and just be like, yes. That's not a thing. Because mm-hmm. it's like, just fucking pee on a test and calm down. Maybe. This baby, when it comes. Oh, kid, you better be amazing. <laughs> you better be rich when you grow up. And you better be perfect. <laughs> because this is so fucking stressful. Uh, I feel like crying. Yeah. But you know what, love? You know how they say sperm lives in body for five days? Yeah, if you have ideal conditions. Do you not have? Are you not know. telling me something about your vagina and <laughs> your womb? I don't know. If my vagina is ideal. So we're on our way to our very first IUI insemination, which oh that doesn't make sense, intrauterine insemination, <laughs> um, and we're excited. I feel excited. How do you feel? It feels kind of surreal, I guess. Yeah. But then like. I'm also kind of stressed out still about the test and if it was dark stop, enough or stop. not. And it's just about ran a red light. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we should put this away. No, it's fine. This counts as distracted driving. No, it doesn't. I'm not distracted. Hmm. I don't know how you couldn't be. I'm distracted. I was thinking like, I don't know, it's funny. I wonder what the donor is doing right now, like he's going about his life. Da-da-da-da-da. Meanwhile, there's a person like somewhere out in the world like super excited and you know stressing about like going to get his sperm and get pregnant with it mm-hmm. I don't know it's kind of a strange thought I think all of it's a little bit strange I'm really worried that we're doing it too early and that it's money that's like just my biggest thing well a there's no guarantees and we're going to be spending the money every month so just accept it it's just fucking money yeah but I'm excited. Me Maybe too. Maybe it'll happen. I think it would be the most wonderful thing if we got pregnant the first time out because we're inseminating on pride. Can you feel it? Oh, you can feel it. <laughs> oh, it's... I've heard that that's the worst part. Yes, that's the worst part. Yeah, but it's just like a path, right? 
I have very good view of your cervix now. So I'm just going to place this spectrum in place. Is it pinching anywhere? Or? Um, a little bit, but I can handle it. Yeah, so okay. yeah. Just threading the catheter through the cervix. You might be a little, um, when I go through, you might be a little pinch. So I'm just going to put the sample in, okay? Sometimes you might have a little cramp. however long you want to lay down, whatever you need to do, okay? And then you can just go and you're done. Any questions? No, I think so. Okay, okay. okay. so Perfect. nice to meet you. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Good luck. It's totally happening. You okay? It's just making me emotional. Is this recording? Yeah. Oh. I don't know, it just feels like we've been waiting for this moment for so long and it's finally here. It's a little overwhelming. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. It might still be a long a long journey, but I know. it's the start of it. It's nice. You're finally taking the, like the first real step and I just have wanted this for you for us for so long. I also really don't want you to chew your gum anymore. It's annoying me. I'll take it away. Okay. I'm feeling like a little bit of like really like crampiness. Is that good? Hmm? Is that good? I don't know. Well, it's probably just because they're poking around in there. I'm a little bit nervous now. I'm just like super analyzing everything. Like, oh, I'm feeling crampy. So maybe that means it's like trying to expel it. Yeah. Well, they said that we have four million sperm. There's four million sperm inside me right now. <laughs> come on, we just need one of you to go. Just yeah, come on. At least one champion is all we need. Just race. Find that egg. I'm excited and I'm also kind of scared because I feel a lot of feelings right now and I'm like, oh God, what if we have to do this like a lot more than once? Yeah. But I also feel like what if this is the only time we have to do this? Yeah. That would be so amazing. It would be. It would be so perfect, but... <laughs> you never know. We have a way better chance now than we have ever had before. Yeah, well... When my vagina is not full of sperm, there's a much less chance. That's true. <laughs> like, will it, it won't leak out, right? I don't think so. Don't overanalyze. Just assume you're pregnant, and we'll find out in two weeks. Okay. Do you want to start chanting or something? Um. <laughs>
I can't believe you just <laughs> sat there and let that happen. Well, you know, I thought whatever helps us in this situation. <laughs> um, so when she was hitting on my cervix, she then stuck a tube through it with the sperm and then it went in. Yeah. And people asked if I had like pushed it in and I was like, nope, I didn't want to screw it up. I kind of wanted to leave it to the professionals. And I, as long as I was there, I was really happy to be um, a supporter. Yeah. I held Angie's hand and cried at her while she just smacked her gum. I don't know if you can hear me telling her over and over again to stop chewing it, but I was like, I'm recording this. Stop chewing your gum. <laughs> it's hard, and this is like every single couple who's trying to get pregnant, not to get excited yeah. and not to start thinking because then you're, you can be so heartbroken. You're struggling with yourself between being like, oh, I, I really want to be hopeful because this is a, a wonderful thing. And this is what I said to Ange because she was probably more on the side of holding back and I was more on the side of being hopeful is that this is the best chance we've had yet to get pregnant there's a higher percentage of getting pregnant with IUI than with any other way um, other than IVF and it was the best timing and like just everything was in place finally that we've been working towards and looking forward to for so long that it was like live in hope for a minute like just live in that like uh, just experience what this is like right now instead of instantly being like but it could not work and I don't want to get my hopes up because I'll be heartbroken I mean we're going to probably go through a lot of heartbreaks in this process and we already have and it's been very challenging overall I think it's really important to be optimistic and to be hopeful and that's I think been one of the things that you have struggled with the most is trying to bring down your anxiety level and make your body ready for this and I know there's a lot of pressure that you're putting on yourself because there's only so much I have control over I can't make you not stressed out I can't make you rest better or for this to work I mean there's so many variables but it's also really important to be happy and hopeful about it I know and I'm trying to but I do feel like there's a lot of pressure on me a lot of pressure to figure out my cycle and to monitor it and to yeah not I think I've been dehydrated because I've been trying to not overhydrate so I can oh, get like because you, that's like a legitimate issue that if you drink too much water you could not have enough in your pee to like register on the ovulation strips when you're so spending I've been dehydrated for days it's been pride weekend we spent the day at the beach yesterday I'm insanely sunburnt right now and a little burnt and like she was like not drinking very much water because she was afraid of not finding it missing her surge and like it's just so many things that you never ever think about until you're but it is important to stay positive and I think yeah but it's also important to remember that there is a lot of like heartbreak out there and it's Mm -hmm. sometimes um well and we're I think we're aware of it going into it because yeah our two of our really good friends oddly enough both got pregnant around the same time both miscarried around the same time and then both got pregnant again um, and just watching them kind of try and rally from that was really eye-opening and it was really like heart-wrenching and it was really challenging and it was like oh yeah this is a part of the process and this is the part that nobody really talks about because it's sad yeah and that's actually when I was talking to the people on reddit one of them said for every happy story where four months counts as a struggle there's people like us who are shoved to the side because our story is too depressing and the prevailing attitude that low-income people aren't allowed to seek happiness Sorry for the depressing post, but if you want wanted other couple stories out there, sadly, they're not all happy endings. So this couple, they've basically given up on trying to have a child because they can't afford it, and they've had too many heartbreaks. So 
Which is something we've talked about because as important as it is to us, there is a point where we're going to have to say we can't anymore if it doesn't work, you know? Like yeah. there will be that point if, if, if we are unfortunate in this process and don't have success earlier on because we don't have a lot of money. I mean, that being said, my point often is that it's just money and if we have to go in a couple five ten thousand dollars of debt twenty fifty it's <laughs> worth it for our happiness but it's also scary because we already have student loan debt that's pretty crushing and crippling and terrifying so you know you kind of want to balance that but I think we're trying to just live in hope and be optimistic and hope that like maybe we don't have to put any more sperm yeah <laughs> maybe so that's naive but we're living in positive let's remain positive what about yeah baby names what about Persephone (laughs) so pretentious (laughs) let's just not do the podcast at all (laughs) your baby mama's podcast